Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I'm your host, T-Man. And I'm Harvey Z. And I'm Colin Mockery. <laughs> wait, oh wait, you recognize that? You recognize that intro? I think that's one of the more classic intros of intros and in intro history, yeah. W- would you say that I just plagiarized that intro? I was figuring it's more of a joke and homage. Where are we going with this, T-Man? Why haven't we gotten a chance to really introduce ourselves? (laughs) Well, that's one of our topics today on this podcast. We're going to be talking about plagiarism. Oh, joy. And uh, if if we get around to episode zero, we touched on it a little bit in that one. But a lot more has happened since then. So we're going to go over everything. uh, Do they really need to know what episode zero is? Or even... Who we are? Or why if they, are they listened listen- to episode one, they would know what episode zero was, and maybe episode zero they've already listened to. You don't know that. I mean, some people like to read ahead. <laughs> Although this is a podcast, so All screw right. that. I'm Harvey Z. That's T Man. Yeah. W- welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the show where I well, I don't know if it's a show really, but definitely a podcast where me and Harvey sit down and kind of discuss gaming and try to get Harvey Z back to his roots of loving games again. What's going on in the gaming community? How can I rediscover my love of not just video games or game, but game gaming culture? Yeah, that's yeah. the big thing. Mm-hmm. And escape my dull, awful corporate life. life. Okay. Life. What, what, what are you doing here? We're not trying to downer our <laughs> listeners, okay? Yes, what this is, is escapism. Yeah, yes. we're, we're trying to uplift people. We're trying to be happy here. It what? seems like our topics, though, at times can get kind of, not controversial, yeah, controversial even. Well, if you you got to take everything in gaming culture. If you want to get immersed in it, you got to learn to take the good with the bad. Let's do it then, folks. So we're going to start off a little bit with p- plagiarism. Um, there was a big story in the gaming world that started last week and came into this week. Uh on August 6th, I believe, is, is when this started, uh, Philip Muchin, I, I, don't, I apologize if I didn't pronounce that right, he got called out by a YouTuber known as Boomstick Gaming. Um, Boomstick Gaming. It, it's mm-hmm. the name of the YouTube channel. I guess Boomstick is the guy. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, he posted that this IGN... Uh, Edit, not editor, but Reviewer? writer, YouTuber, uh-huh. personality. A personality at IGN, which is a big gaming mm-hmm. web- website. He po- said that Philip had plagiarized his review of the game Dead Cells. I remember this from episode zero. Yeah. Yes. We did talk about how, what is, not what is plagiarism, but I would remember hearing about this, where this guy basically reviewed a game and apparently his review was more than overlapping with someone else's review because i was wondering i mean in this day and age we can get ideas and we might say the same things but it was more than just that it sounded like right and so at the time what had just happened was he had announced he kind of put out a youtube video it was kind of a half apology and basically said, listen, any 
anything has been completely coincidental. That's right. Look in, you can go ahead, look into me if you want, but there's nothing going on here. And there had been to see here, folks. Right. And so Kotaku, the, the news outlet that he challenged and specifically Jason Schreier, who wrote the original article, posted a new thing like comparing his FIFA 18 review and then someone else came up with a Metroid review, I think. Anyway, so it started this game. It was more than just a one-time thing. Yeah, it was more than just a one-time thing. And so what happened after our the last time we recorded was IGN started pulling down all his reviews. Okay. Because even more started coming out. It, it would just open the floodgates. Like, people were coming such from a weird everywhere. defense to go into of like when you get attacked the best off it's almost like offensive of like hey come at me bro i have nothing to hide in my closet people are gonna come at you then and they did hard they were finding he took things from message board posts he took things from other people's reviews and put them in his own editorials he they even went to his linkedin and discovered that he had plagiarized some other site's job thing as his LinkedIn resume. Like, he had plagiarized his own resume. Not just, like, beefed it up or used, like, fancy words or corporate buzz speak. No, no, he just just copy-pasted. Okay, so this guy had a lot more skeletons in his closet. And so he ended up removing the apology video from his youtube channel yeah and actually started filing dmca takedowns for other people who either like talked about and or showed clips from the video or rehosted the video wait so like as like a copyright kind of way to get around like oh this is me saying come at me bro anyone else who was like we came at him here's the evidence he was using it to get down the evidence by saying, well, they used my come at me, bro. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. Again, he's really good at using offense for his defensive tactics. <laughs> he's gone pretty radio silent other than that, though. And it's just a real interesting kind of topic to start out with because mm-hmm. he failed miserably at whatever he was trying to do. To defend himself, probably. Right, right. He he did this whole kind of... I don't know what he expected. Yeah, he, like, he, I mean... He told a major news outlet, listen, there's nothing else to find. You won't find anything. Knowing full well he had done all this for years. Do you think... Well, is it like a... Per- so that's where I wonder. Is it like a personality thing? Like a narcissistic person who might just say, like, you won't find anything? Did he feel so confident? Or did maybe there was an ego element where he was like, nobody's actually going to do this, or they're not going to find the skeletons or the bodies I've buried? Or is he just an idiot? <laughs> um, It might be a little column A, a little column B. Okay. Probably some sort of ego in that he had gotten away with it for so long yeah. that people wouldn't put two and two together like they just throw this away as an isolated incident i'm too big for this or right right too big to fail yeah Uh, another thing that interesting thing that came up was now this is i i don't want to throw this off as fact just so we're clear but some people were researching it and it looked like he didn't really have any interest in video games until he was hired by ign 
which he, like he purely he didn't have interested. a presence maybe he, he, in the video well, gaming even if you look people were looking at his twitter from like his pre uh ign days and there were like no references to video games nothing was he like a journalist guy or a writer i don't know i haven't looked into this like myself. some sort of a freelance so guy this is then, this is kind of yeah. coming from the grapevine but there is a possibility that he wanted to get into youtube and like video uh. production and he saw games as an easy way to do that but mm-hmm. didn't actually really like games and Which, then once he was thrown in there, it's like, oh shit, I gotta look like these gamers. Right. And so maybe that's partly why he plagiarized. But then he, he became successful. Hmm. So there must have been something good about him, or was it just maybe the IGN brand? It, it, it's probably the IGN brand. Ah. Because they're a big they're the big yeah. uh gaming hub. So people are going to go to IGN and then he happens to be reviewing the game and maybe they came there for the game, but then they wanted to see his other reviews. They liked what he said and so forth. Okay. But <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, I wish I could say that this doesn't happen in like the corporate world or in like other places in real life. I, I would expect it then to happen in video game companies. Plagiarism happens. Yeah. It, it's so weird. It's just like the reverse of that. Um, if you come at the king, you better not miss. Uh huh. Kind of. He he was like, you know, you you you're not gonna find anything. And then they they didn't miss. They they hit. They him. just found everything. They were like, they the bodies are right there, everything. sir. They're right behind you. You, just, <laughs> you came out of your house and you just said, don't come come in and look for everything. And there they were. Oh, okay. What were you thinking? It's it's a weird situation, but it's pretty safe to say his any sort of reputation he has in video games is burned now. He might find okay, a career so he's doing not something like, else. This isn't a back and forth. This guy he's lost. Done. No, no, he he he's done. This but was burnt to ashes. RVZ prediction here though. Could this guy could we see in like two, three months he lays low? Then we see like a YouTube apology video from this guy. And then we see a, this is my redemption tour. And then he we tried suddenly, an apology video already. That It wasn't the come at me, bro. What? That shouldn't be the apology video. He might need an apology video for that apology video. <laughs> well, I'm sure there are plenty of apology videos he can find on YouTube to copy <laughs> and, and put out that'll make him feel sincere. <laughs> I have nothing to say on that outside of like, well said. All right. So, okay. So we've got some couple other things to talk about here. Uh, if this feels a little late in news wise, it's because we're recording this the same day as episode one. So don't give away the secrets. Listen, we got to give a little bit of. Okay, we have nothing to hide. Come at us, bro. Don't do that. (laughs) Investigate what? Episode zero? You can't find it Uh, unless we release it. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, So Valve accidentally launched something yesterday. Uh, uh, (laughs) I know Valve is a video game company. But they accidentally launched something. When I say launch, I mean a product launch. Yeah, I uh, mean, even that, that's not just like one guy pushes a button and oops, it is, <laughs> they launched something? So, um, yesterday, Steam.tv went live. 
That's not what they launched. No, that's what they launched, but it wasn't supposed to launch yet because it went live and people were like looking at it and there was uh, Dota 2, I think, was being broadcast from it, which is a Valve game. Uh Uh-huh. And then it went down and Valve was like, oops, that was an eternal test. People weren't supposed to, in public, wasn't supposed to be able to see that yet. They hadn't announced they were doing this. They hadn't done anything. It's just suddenly Steam.tv was a working URL that was broadcasting games. Could you buy, like, how did you get access to it? Or It, it was ju- it worked just like Twitch, where if you logged on, there was people broadcasting games. And that's what essentially it's going to be. Uh-huh. Is it's a rival to Twitch and oh god, I don't remember the name of the mixer. I think it's the Microsoft version, uh-huh. but some sort of Twitch YouTube streaming. So rival. like you have your video games and you can stream. Is it exclusive to Valve games or something? I don't know. It'll probably have to do. They there not a lot has been announced other than the fact that they weren't supposed to announce it. <laughs> And it's Steam TV, so probably Steam games might probably be. It'll probably have to do with the Steam client. They recently um, launched a Steam chat, which involved like involved people you able to like talk with people and invite groups into conversations and things like that. Beautiful artwork on it. I've seen it. I I know this thing exists. This is cool. Emojis and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I RVZ is in the know. I got inside information in that i've used a product that t-man has mentioned (laughs) so steam chat and the steam client and steam tv are probably all because steam already has a streaming type thing in their client where you can yeah if you allow your friends to watch games Mm -hmm. um you can like broadcast to them and they can watch you play something like I know you watched me I'm, play XCOM I think at some point I have you don't have to make it sound all creepy but yeah <laughs> I have watched you play video games and or computer games from time to time I actually like that because it it's just your friends and so can watch you it's not I'm broadcasting to everybody but hey your buddies but I'm guessing Steam TV will use something similar to that and it will be it just maybe change settings or just a more when it broader... launched was it good i i don't know like, it, it 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 was just they are apparently so this weekend the august 18th yes that's the word i was looking for and number mm-hmm. is the international which is a big video game esports tournament i think it's hosted by valve but i'm not sure but I'm, I'm guessing this was going to be launched towards the end of it. Uh, oh, like as a the final announcement kind of thing or right. big surprise. Yeah. And and they were going to use it to like broadcast the Dota finals oh, or, or yeah, whatever. That's a good way to promote it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. They'll definitely have more information about this. So it wasn't like something like, oh, this is in the alpha or beta stages and we were just testing. Or it might be something like that. Or they might just be saying that just to try to... Yeah. This was something that nobody should have known about. And oops, now we all know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we are working on this. Sorry, Twitch. Sorry, Mixer. Yeah. It's not a surprise that Valve's trying to go into the streaming since having a rival for Twitch and things like that would obviously be good for them since they're mostly a client company now they don't really make games anymore oh um aside from the upkeep on dota 2 
what is Dota 2? Now, here's my gaming inexperience, but a lot of people have said Dota 2 or Dota. I have no idea what the hell type of game that even is. So Dota is a MOBA. Which a is massive online multiplayer online battle arena, I believe, is what the like League of Legends. Yes. Okay, is so it... you're a character. There's groups of characters. They fight each other. Yeah. One team wins. The history. The history of this is actually really interesting. So I'll, I'll go into this briefly. I'm not a MOBA person, so I haven't ever played one. Uh, I don't know a lot about them, so don't come at me as like an expert. But I do know the origins of it, and it's really cool. Oh. So. Warcraft 3 yeah. had a big modding community. And so the original Dota was a mod for Warcraft 3 called Defense. It stands for Defense of the Ancients. Oh, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking Day of Tentacle. Day of the Tentacle <laughs> is a video game. Anyway. Yeah. And so it was a mod that got really popular. And was essentially a new genre because they were taking the Warcraft heroes and mm-hmm. adding all the stuff that is in MOBAs now. Mm-hmm. And what happened was Blizzard didn't take advantage of it. And they didn't trademark it. So Valve launched Dota 2. So there was no... Well, Dota 1 was a mod. Was a mod. For Blizzard. Yes. Blizzard's and then game. Valve made Dota 2 and launched it. And Blizzard was like, wait, wait, wait. You can't do that. But Bl- Valve's like, you didn't copyright it. So Come now us, we bro. have. So technically they had Defense of the Ancients. But Dota is not so Dota call 2. It, yeah, we don't call it Defense of the Ancients. It's just Dota 2. Yeah, it's just Dota 2 because that's it's different. It's not the acronym. It's Dota is what they trademarked or whatever. Okay. So... Blizzard, didn't Blizzard have, or they have a game now, like Heroes of the Storm or something? Heroes of the Storm is their MOBA. Okay. And League of Legends is a MOBA. Okay, so those are kind of the big ones that I think I know. But Dota seems to be the, professional even. Like, uh, is there a professional community or gaming community? Like, is there money in Dota? Like, <laughs> tournaments? I mean, League of Legends is the most popular MOBA. Okay. Um, Dota 2, I think, is second most. Okay. And and then there's the Blizzard version. I, I don't... Again, MOBAs aren't really my thing. So I don't know if the original Warcraft 3 mod is still active in any shape or form. Or if everyone's kind of moved over to the games that were officially designed with this mm-hmm. in mind. How old is Dota 2? It's around the same age as League of Legends. They've, they've been okay. around relatively the same amount of time. So not new things like in the last year or six months. Oh no, no. These both of them have been around for at least five or six years, probably longer. Wonder if there's gonna be Dota see this is where it gets weird. Do you go to a Dota three or do you just keep updating and putting out content for Dota two? That know? that is the pretty much how it's all been, I think. League of Legends, there hasn't ever been a League of Legends two, they just add new heroes and rebalance. Mm-hmm. Uh same for Dota two, same for Heroes of the Storm. They're really leaning into the games as a service sort of Uh you buy one game and then you're getting more content for that game. But if you buy it one time, do you always get the new content? I think so. Here's the deal. I have to I could look this up right now, but I think they're all free. Oh, here's a storm might not be. 
but I'm pretty sure both League of Legends and Dota 2 are free to like download and start playing, uh-huh. but the hero extra heroes cost money. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the money system is. I'm I don't actually remember if they changed it to here. Let me actually pull this up real quick. <laughs> so League of Legends here we'll we'll do this real quick. League of Legends released in 2009. Okay. So it's been around for about nine years. Uh, Dota 2 released in 2013. So it is slightly more recent than I thought. Uh, I don't still six years. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're free. Yeah, yeah. League of Legends is the the title card on the the website just says play for free. So. I think Dota 2 is the same, and that's part of how they get a lot of people, is yeah. you can just pick it up and play it without having any entry fee. First hit's always free. I yeah. learned that from all those online games. No, RuneScape. This is an old one. I don't know if this might be inside. Like Way back in the day, there was a massive online game. By massive, like 40 people could be on the server. RuneScape was a game I did play for a while apparently they brought back runescape of just like in the last six months a year maybe recently updated graphics everything is beautiful on it looks great now it actually looks like a modern game as opposed to back in the day it was pixelated and sort of minecrafty before minecraft was a thing it just happened to be that's how the graphics were back way back in the day now that it's all shiny and new i think you have to pay for runescape I don't think I'm paying for RuneScape, but it was a nice little like, oh, whatever happened to that game? It's back. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I, I never played RuneScape. Did you have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I okay, of it. like, yeah, it was one of those things where a friend brought me into it, and a friend was like, oh, it's for free, check it out. Then I joined, and then the two of us played, and then three of us played, and it was like a guild for that way. That's how they hooked us, and then they stopped playing, and then I just fell out of it as well. Once it was like, oh. So I just have to keep mining or baking, and at some point I'll feel like I'm a part of this community. <laughs> I just kind of walked away from that. Like, bake 40 pies to level up your next baking skill level. And you had to get the bread, you had to get the dough, you had to get all that stuff. So you had to go to the mill, you had to go to get grain, you had to harvest the grain. It just became It sounds work. like work. Yeah. yeah that, after a while, I was like, I'm in high school and I'm friggin' like grinding just to make some friggin' like pizza. I don't want to do that. Although pizza was my next level skill and I could gain more health to that. But I wasn't playing and killing monsters or going on quests. I was just friggin' making pizza. And then I realized I could sell the pizza to the actual people who were going out there and gaming and then get income that way. And then if I just create a pizza shop, but then all I'm friggin' doing is making pizzas and grinding and doing that and never fighting the friggin' monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I became a corporate like pawn back then. No. <laughs> oh, anyway. That's kind of funny. That actually reminds me of a small story about the Final Fantasy fourteen housing market. I don't know if you've heard about this. I might have heard little bits of I've heard about I, the housing I, I market in some Again, sort. it's a it's a massive multiplayer online RPG, so it's not my scene. I don't know <laughs> a lot about it. But essentially there's limited housing in Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. And so whales would buy up housing and then like resell it or it would drive up the cost. It, it was something weird. But basically, Final Fantasy XIV players were getting stressed out about their mortgages and like <laughs> buying a house. 
in the oh, game. I know over those real feels. Life. Like, it was it was messed up. That's why I can't get into those. Like when gaming feels like work, I have to take a look at myself and what am I doing? Right, exactly. That actually leads into a next point I have. This one, okay, so this one is more of a personal rant. Okay. uh, We're going to have some rants on this show. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I play a, or I say play, but it has now become past tense played, a mobile game called South Park Phone Destroyer. Also mentioned, I think, on episode zero. Yes, it was. Come at us, bros. And ladies. What are lady bros? Lady bros. Anyway, continue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Harvey Z is inclusive. (laughs) Harvey Z is for the people. He's for the children. Bros and lady bros. Tiny bros, big bros, old bros, young bros. Bras. (laughs) We got them all. Come at us. Episode zero. Oh, God. I lost my train of thought now. South Park Mobile Gaming. (laughs) So, this past week, the developers of the game rolled out an update to how the game plays. And it ruined the game. Not for for everyone, but for me and many other people. Mm -hmm. Essentially, the way the game works is the, the characters are represented by cards. And to level up characters, you have to get a certain amount of cards to level them up. There's four starting or base no, characters. No, um, there's four. What oh God? What's the word? Rarities, I guess, is the best way to put it. There's four ty- legendary co- or, yeah. or levels. So there's of- common, rare, epic, and legendary. Yeah. And in, in terms of how common a card is to mm-hmm. get in a pack, there's a couple different ways to get these cards. There's free packs that mm-hmm. have like three or four. And you can get one every four hours, essentially, because it's a mobile game. Yeah. You know. uh, there's PvP packs where after you've done a cert- won a certain amount of matches or beaten a certain amount of people, you get a PvP pack, which, depending on your rank in PvP, gets you better cards better or, cards or and better get, chance at getting better cards if you get like repeats or so can you like scrap them for like co- some sort of monetary well, and then... the, the whole idea is that the repeats let you level up like you need to oh. k- collect a certain amount of kenny or stan okay. and once you've got 50 stands you can level them up to the next level and then you need 100 stands or whatever got it. Like so that. it's always feeding into okay right. and then there's also, of course, the where way to do it, which is you can buy cards directly, buy more packs, buy buy things that have a better chance at better cards. So on Wednesday the 15th, when they rolled out the update, basically what they did was they did a blanket upgrade for all legendary and epic cards. Because up until this point... Mm-hmm commons had been the best cards because they were the easiest to upgrade you could you got them them. you get lots of them also when you're in a guild or team um with other players you can ask for cards but you can only request commons and rares you can't request epics you can't request legendaries Uh so some legendaries were all right but since it was harder to get them and especially at higher levels which is where i was playing at um it was much better to have a level six common than a level two or whatever legendary yeah. because they had you had been upgraded. Clash Royale does the same thing, sort of. Right. Yeah. 
up until so a lot of people because legendaries and epics hadn't been worth the investment had put all their time and resources into commons and rares they had spent a lot of time like once you get to the level i was at it would take a month it takes about a month to request and get enough cards to level up a level five card to a level six card yeah um so you you're spending a lot of time and investment in these cards so at the same time as they upgraded all the epics and legendaries they nerfed the common cards a little bit yeah so i don't know what they were thinking in their head but essentially it was like a double nerf to common so now they suck even level sixes don't really do as well compared to level four epics level five epics level three legendaries and what happened was I was playing at a high level. I was in pretty much 1,500 to 2,500 ranked legendary. Mm-hmm. And this is in the world, top, basically yeah. around top 2,500 people playing Phone Destroyer. As soon as this update rolled through, I started losing all my matches because I, I don't put a lot of money into it. I put some mm-hmm. money into it. I'm not going to say I, I've only... I've been a free-to-play player. I've definitely put money into it. But I didn't put a lot of money into it. And that's what separated me from everyone I was playing against now because all the top people have level 3 legendaries, have level 4, level 5 epics that are just doing way more damage. Did they have them before? Or they they just kind of bought them up really quickly? Both. They Mm -hmm. either could just throw the money in to get these cards up Mm -hmm. Um, get the materials needed to upgrade them, or they already had them simply because they've been spending the money the whole time. Uh-huh. And I just, there was no way for me because the only way I can get them is randomly. I can't request them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay money for guaranteed ones. It will take me forever to upgrade them to the level to be competitive. And now my commons are worthless. I can't, I have epics. I've been able to upgrade a couple, but still nowhere, nowhere the near level. the level that everyone else can play them and it basically killed the game for me i dropped about three thousand rank points in one attempt to get one pvp pack and i was like i'm done i'm, I'm not winning anything this isn't fun anymore the game is dead do you think there's a chance of them re-nerfing or kind of going back and seeing that they did this uh a little bit too hastily because that has happened in clash royale where so Clash Royale, you have troops that you can kind of play. Each of the different troops have different stats and abilities. And so with that company, every few weeks, it feels like, actually, they constantly release new updates where they tweak the stats of certain... Uh, what they see is who's playing what and what's becoming the meta. And once they see, okay, this meta is becoming too popular, they kind of tweak it a little bit. And suddenly, so I had that with like Spear Goblins of all things. Spear Goblins, super cheap common unit. I happen to have tons of them. Great at what they were. Then they said, okay, we're just going to reduce how fast they fire. Doing that changed all of the decks I had. I suddenly had to figure out a new way to win. The nice thing was with that, what just happened was, okay, I could find a new way to play. But it did have to change my gaming style and that one deck or the three decks I had, actually, all three of them became useless because they were built around the speed of the, the little Spear Goblin guys. It's not likely. See, the thing is, the community at large had kind of wanted 
they wanted some sort of buff to epic and legendaries because mm-hmm. they weren't really as useful. There were a couple that could be used, but in general, it was just better to use commons and rares. Mm-hmm. And it was almost lazy in that oh. they just buffed. I, I hate to make the lazy developers argument because it's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not a developers put a lot of time and effort into designing games, and I don't want to say it's a lazy developer in terms of game design or whatever, but it felt like a lazy solution because instead of looking at how to tweak each individual card, they just blanket made every card, like increased every card better and made it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the cards that were already good are way too powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it then, the other, the other establishing thing is they have a live stream every week on their Twitch channel to like show off the game, answer questions, yeah. and their community mods or whatever were deleting any questions about the... So they uh, were kind of being... Someone was censoring the, this the, at least as well. Everyone, any, any complaints or asking questions about, uh, you know, are you going to fix this? Are you going to refund our materials? We spent a lot of time and effort into leveling up these commons, and now mm-hmm. they're, they're not good anymore. It was all deleted or removed. People were banned. So it either feels like then that company either wants you to, if you're like yourself playing the game casually or not spending a lot of money in it, there's going to be a certain level cap that you reach where, okay, this is the best you can be because you just don't have the money to get further pay to play or whatever. The I'm sure there's a catchy buzzword for like, putting in money in order to win or get better stuff to actually be good at the game. They they call it pay to win essentially. Pay to win. Okay. Like that's why Supercell who does the um Clash Royale ones, the thing that they did was yeah, they focused on individual characters and the meta of individual cards or things and what is being played a lot and they tweak it that way. It sounds like you're upset more because it was so blanketed there hopefully they they could fix this by just looking and seeing did that change the meta of how people play the game and then tweak the good cards a little bit they could fix it um it's yet to be determined whether they will or not it just it dampened my enthusiasm for the game because mm-hmm. up until this point even though i even i haven't spent nearly as much money as the top people i could still hang around Based on how the game was balanced, I could play at a high level using strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, the strategy I had devised is completely worthless. And I just have to get better cards in order to be able to compete. Mm-hmm. And that involves spending money. And I'm not going to play a game where it's I get money to be better. I pay to win yeah yeah i i want to i play games to make myself feel skilled and there's nothing skilled about having a big wallet Hmm. yeah like that's why i'm thinking of like yeah i put a lot of money into actually no i haven't put a lot of money into clash royale it's been nice because yes i wish i had the legendaries i wish i had some of the epics over time i have access to it just by like the random things and every so often you get like a legendary drop or so but those don't feel like game breaking things like even then there's a skill of then how do you use it and even when you like on their load screens they like to say a well-timed common card can outmatch a legendary 
But it seems like in this one, if you played it, it's not a skill of playing a common card at the right time. A legendary would pretty much always crush it. At this point, yes, in the balance. They, they might Maybe they'll change it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and here's, here's an example. There's a character uh, called Dog Poo uh-huh. from, from South Park. And he was okay. He was used a lot at lower levels because he's a decent epic card that's low cost and does decent damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but at higher levels, he was... He, he, the reason that people didn't use him is because his attack was super slow. And even though he hit hard, quicker assassins were better because they did the same amount of damage faster. So he was phased out yeah. as people got into higher ranks. With the update, he does he can kill an assassin in one hit. He does more damage than assassins now. Mm-hmm. He has more health than assassins. There's no reason to use a common assassin over him now because he can tank a hit and just kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that kind of that the well-placed common. Like you can plan to kill something with your common assassin, but like you can't kill dog poo. You do. He has so much health that you play a regular assassin. It doesn't do nearly enough damage, and he kills your assassin in one shot, so you just wasted your energy on... Uh-huh. It makes This makes sense in my head because I've played the game, but all those terms might actually make people go like, what the energy? Dog poo. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's just my personal rant of... Would I, you say that, someone make me a gamer, this made you less of a gamer? It didn't make me less of a gamer, but it also... What it did was it basically ruined the one shot I'd given mobile. Like I, I oh. don't I don't I don't like mobile games because they pull shit like this. I don't <laughs> like spending money paying to win. I I I put up with this I because I like South Park. I enjoyed like it was a funny game, it was fun, I liked the different characters. At this point, I was trying to give it a shot, and I stuck with it through... This isn't the first time the community has gotten mad at something the developers have adjusted or whatever. No, you don't say. Yeah, but up until this point, I've put through it. I've even continued to give them money every now and then. But I'm not going... I I don't have the paycheck to drop $500 so I can get a, a level 5 card instead of a level four card Mm -hmm. i am sorry if i'm going to spend those 500 dollars, i'm going to get like 10 games or something that i can play and have hours of content not have do better at a mindless mobile game like this was supposed to be something i do for five minutes while as a distraction yeah yeah. so yeah that's my 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 thoughts on that so this is something i wanted to talk about in our first episode but we kind of ran over time it's about one of your favorite game series. So I'm hoping that oh. this will be re-ener- okay. sort of a re-energization. Okay, you're going to bring we're, me back with the, we're, we're, my we're trying, favorites. Yeah, we're trying to make you a gamer. So I want to talk about XCOM. A game. Hours and hours of blood, sweat, tears. Many, many tears. So many tears. <laughs> one of my favorite games. Top 10, top 5. The whole series is just... Ah. So I'm going to I'm going to turn the mic over to you for a minute. Okay. Because you played the original 
I, I've never, I've only watched you play the original. I've never okay. actually played it myself. So why don't you talk us through the original XCOM and your so experience with it? Harvey Z's first experience with XCOM was the 90s version of the game where I discovered this game back in the days when they had like computer video gaming stores in like the mall in the 90s where they would have free discs for you to like, you could pick up and just get the disc would have like 16 demos or maybe a demo of a new game or so. At the time, it was this game called XCOM. Picked it up, no instructions, nothing else to help me. Just put it in the computer and da-da-da. There's a pixelated screen. It had flashy music. And I started to try to figure out how to play it. I had no idea how to play it. I was a kid at the time. I probably wasn't even, might have been around. I don't know how old I was, but definitely not a gamer at that point playing regular video games. What ended up happening? I just put it away. Then a few years later, another demo disc thing that I discovered, XCOM 2 Terrors from the Deep. And I was like, oh, what's this? All right, I'll put it in again. Little bit by little bit, I literally had to learn how to play this game through trial and error. 16 buttons on the home screen. Each button, nothing is explained. Took me forever. Some, oh, I click this one, my guy ducks. Okay. Oh, there's a bar that goes down when my guy ducks. Oh, it's a time bar. Oh, this is how I move. I had to do it that way until finally what ended up happening was we had the internet. On the internet, gamefacts.com. Gamefacts.com, people would, oh, those people gave me so much good content. I love to read. I would actually, at that time, I was a gamer. I would read just in manuals and playthroughs and strategy guides, and it taught me then how to play the original XCOM. Every gamer has a GameFAQs phase. They, if you grew up in the, the early stages of the internet and played games, you were on GameFAQs at some point. Like, I would see maps with little X's and O's and all sorts. Oh, those people, unsung heroes of the gaming world. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they solved a lot of problems that people would, would have never been yeah. able to do. There were times where I would buy video... I wouldn't buy video games. I would just simply read the playthroughs to get the whole plot from an XCOM... Or not an XCOM, but the Game Facts stories. It was something I did for fun. So, yeah. so what you're saying is you watch streams before streams were available to watch. Yes. Harvey Z cool before it was cool to no, i don't think that was ever cool to just sit there and read through like a 60 to 100 page word document just telling you but it gave you the full story of the video game i mean i didn't need to play an rpg i could just read this guy's instructions you read the transcription yes okay but so what xcom actually was the original game you control a group of the government forces xcom this ufo defense agency it's a tactical strategy game i don't know what the key tactical game where basically the map is in a grid it's a fixed map you have to go out discover the bad guys which are the aliens and using your troops with their equipment and such take them down defeat them prevent them from killing the humans either get back to your ship or kill all the aliens and then you go on to the next mission and so forth as you succeed in getting the missions you would get better technology you could update and research and figure out better stuff and that's how you kind of played through the game. If you had no instruction manuals, you didn't know what was coming. And so that was one of my most cherished memories for XCOM 
was just playing through it, not knowing what types of aliens were out there, not knowing how to really upgrade my own guys to get them to have the better technology and such. And just as a kid playing through and even the very first like greys who had like simple laser weapons and such and my troops with their machine guns or their semi-automatic rifles severely outnumbered in technology and skill. So I just got wasted over and over. Every moment was terrifying. And what I would later learn is the game was just actually really freaking hard too. Like you had to plan your, you had to use skills and tactics. It was a true tactical game. If you didn't and you blindly wandered out there as a young Harvey Z did, your troops would get mowed down. Two people would survive, but those two people had been through hell and they had stories to tell of what happened on that single mission. And when they came back, I had to rehire a whole bunch of other troops, send out everybody else, but those two people went with them. They stayed at the back because they knew, they knew what was coming. All the low-level troops would go out there with their simple machine guns. The one laser gun or laser rifle I had gotten, the good guys got, the elite squad. And then we just played through this over and over, hours of entertainment. I, I, my first experience with XCOM was in college with you, and you were naming us. Yes. Like, you would name the characters after <laughs> us. I would name all us. of the troops after you guys, my college friends. I don't think I ever put myself in there. I knew better. <laughs> I knew better. So it, I would send out my, basically my college dorm to go and face the enemy at that time. People didn't come back home. No, no, they didn't. Um, so then, so this was a re- back in the '90s, right? Both mm-hmm. of these came out in the, for PC on the in the '90s. Recently, I think it, I want to say about 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Fire Axis, who also does the Civilization games, uh, rebooted nowhere, rebooted like... the XCOM series, and they did a very good job with it. Like I got super addicted to the first game XCOM Enemy Unknown and it kept all of the things I really enjoyed from the first two games Terrors from the Deep a new level of hard but we won't get into that XCOM 1 played through and I beat it one of the few gaming like benchmarks that I have is I beat XCOM 1 that's actually pretty impressive it took me out I remember that final level I spent an entire full day into the evening had lunch and dinner while playing through and beating that level. So much fun. One of the cherished gaming memories I have. XCOM, the new ones, revamped it and still brought back what I loved. I really enjoyed it. It was hard. It was difficult. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And again, I'm sending out guys. Although they did cut down on the troop size, but it was still fun. Yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I, I really got into it. Mm-hmm. And so... Specifically, XCOM 2 is one of my favorite games, period. Yep. Like it, it perfected everything from the original reboot. They did Enemy Unknown, then they did Enemy Within, which was like a big expansion. And then a couple years later, they came out with XCOM 2. And XCOM 2, to me, was super interesting because it put you on the other foot. The, the shoe was on the other foot, whatever you want to call it. Because this one, the bad guys won. Yeah, they they the canon ending of the XCOM reboot was that you failed at defending the Earth and the aliens took over. Which is so XCOM. You beat the whole thing and it's like, yeah, you still lose. Yeah. And 
so it made it super interesting to me. I've said this. I said super interesting like five times already because you're like this guerrilla group taking on the aliens from the shadows as opposed to the government, government funded like, secret plot twist. Yeah. And it's just so it adds added a something lot to it to the franchise. It added more lore. It added more like drama. It was so well done, actually. So I've replayed this so many times. Uh, I want to share my my personal favorite XCOM 2 story was when I was playing it for the first time on the PC. I made the rookie mistake that you did not make, which was I put myself in the game. No, no. Rookie. Yep. Rookie mistake. First level. No. I was on a I was on a critical mission. Uh, It was myself and four other troops and. A sectoid, which is one of the main enemies mm-hmm. of of XCOM, mind one controlled of the basic also yeah. me, yeah. my character in game, and there was absolute. I was either going to, it was put in a position where I couldn't kill the sectoid, but if I let another turn go by, I would probably murder some of my other troops. I'm and grinning. I'm grinning so hard at this because I know this feeling and I know what's coming. And it's this is what made video games great. Yeah. What decision did you have to make, T-Man? I put myself down. I uh, I gave the you, order. I shot myself. I watched my own avatar die to save this mission because there was no other choice. So the mission was greater than your guy. Yeah, the mission was greater than my guy. And that's, that's XCOM to me because you... Occasionally, you're put into these positions of, yes, you can reload a save, but that doesn't make the story. Yeah, that's that that decision of I have to kill one of my own dudes. That feeling of those guys who you fought and clawed, and they became quite advanced in their skill, their levels. They had so many stories of previous battles. Inevitably, they will face a day. Where something awful is going to happen and yeah. you have to make that choice. Yeah. Um, I had a friend. When I learned he played XCOM, we bonded over our love of the original XCOM. The way he used to play through the game, he, we could name our troops. I named troops after people, including my college friends. He named them serial numbers of stats. All his troops were simply like S15, R14, like h 32 and those were their health strength range he didn't give them names he kept it impersonal i thought he was a psychopath at that time for doing so he wanted no attachment because he knew what would happen to those guys so he simply wanted their stats when he saw that they were faced with this whatever dilemma that's a true commander right that there. is that's, awful oh yeah that's um that's something else i didn't know that wow <laughs> professor q monster <laughs> So what brought this up is I've been, I recently upgraded my computer. Mm-hmm. When I played the original XCOM 2, my computer barely ran it. It was chugging graphics. It would hang. Like, it was not a pleasant experience. I have that same problem. Yeah. Um, so I upgraded my computer and I came back to it. I also got it for my PS4, which could play it properly, but has its own issues. I won't go into it. Um but what I did was something that I hadn't done previously since my computer was barely able to handle it, was I started playing with a bunch of mods. Oh. And so what the main mod for XCOM 2 is called Long War. I've heard of it, yep. yeah. The original 
the original reboot, this, this, which is sounds weird to say, the original mm-hmm. reboot, there was a main, the mo- main mod was also called Long War. Fire Axis liked it so much, like they hired or I don't know, it's basically a company approved mod where they worked with the company to make this mod. Uh, and it adds a whole bunch of new stuff to XCOM 2. It, people who like XCOM really like XCOM. Yeah, like, yeah. Even from the original days, it is such a good game. Yeah, there is a huge community for it. Long War takes everything you love about the original XCOM and just ramps it up. Right. So in Long War 2, I've, I've slowly been experiencing it. And it's almost like playing a completely new game. Because I've played XCOM 2 I've and I, I beat it. I played XCOM with the War of Eng- Chosen expansion, and I beat it. And now I'm playing Long War 2, and it's completely different. Much like War of the Chosen upgraded XCOM 2 and made it a completely different game. Um, first of all, there's eight classes. Mm-hmm. I've, I've even added a couple extra. I think I'm playing with 12 classes or something like that in my modded version. So it's not it's extra other classes people made in addition to the long war mods um so i'm gonna go through this a little bit and explain it to you yeah i don't know actually i i know of the long war but so i'm back on xcom 2 i've beaten but i haven't played war of the chosen so i don't know how spoilery you want to get on it i'm not going to talk about war of the chosen at all thank you all right yeah i know i know how much going in blind means to you it's so i don't read the instruction i just click on buttons till i figure it out my first couple missions people just die right right okay (laughs) so in xcom 2 there's four in in the base game there's four unit types there's the specialist which is basically a, a hacker healer hybrid it has a little machine you can hack robots and also heal your guys depending on the skill tree you choose, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's the ranger, which is like your up close and personal guy. He has a shotgun and a sword. He's the heavy arti- not. He's a light, quick scout type. Yeah, but and fast he'll with go in weapons. Yeah. Um, then there's the grenadier, which carries a giant minigun and can your shoot tank. grenades from far. Your tank. And there's the sharpshooter, who the is sniper. your sniper. Mm-hmm. So in XCOM 2, the specialist and or not in XCOM 2, in in Long War 2, the specialist and sharpshooter mostly remain the same. The difference, one of the main differences is every class has three skill tree upgrades instead of two. Oh. So you have to choose. You have even more to choose from, and you can specialize even more. Nice. Um, and so the specialist and sharpshooter both remain generally the same but with more options the ranger and grenadier were both split up into three new classes each okay um so the ranger there's now a regular ranger but instead uh, it still carries a regular gun but its secondary weapon is a sawed off so it still has the up close and personal type but you have like a special you have two shots yeah area effect cone shot type thing you can get up close <laughs> uh there's assault which has the typical run and gun abilities where you can run <laughs> at and fire even after sprinting and also brings back the arc thrower which is something that was missing where oh, you can like stun st- enemies 
Um, and then there's the Shinobi, which is basically your fast ninja. Mm-hmm, he with has sword. he has like a small, really light gun, so he can move further. That's the other thing is everything has weight in this, so it oh. actually determines how far you can move depending on how you've. That's something equipped. from the original game as well. Your people could be overburdened, so even though they could move, if they were carrying their buddy's corpse or or their unconscious body, that would put a lot of strain on how much they could actually move. Right. Yeah. So the shinobi has the sword and runs really fast and has all the sword skills. So they they split that up that mm-hmm. way, and then the grenadier was split up. There's still the grenadier with which is roughly does the same with grenades, but doesn't have the minigun anymore. It just has right. a um, regular rifle. Purely a range guy with a medium weapon. Right. Then there's the technical which is basically all the heavy weapon stuff. So they get a flamethrower and a rocket launcher. The massive damage would probably very slow, very bulky, maybe right. one shots. Yeah. And then there's the gunner who carries the actual machine gun around mm-hmm. and doesn't have the grenades anymore, but still has the, you know, flush people out from cover, mm-hmm. destroy cover, that sort of thing. And so all these ex- these different classes make it, can you play how many people can you bring on a mission because so they they upgraded it so you can take up to eight people on a mission okay so you could bring theoretically someone from every class you could if you wanted to yeah Mm -hmm. um probably not wise though yeah it's the other so that's real interesting because it allows you to specialize and makes each troop even more important Mm -hmm. because you're not going to walk around with a squad of 15 ninjas right exactly Yeah. yeah Your ninja um, is your ninja. Exactly. And there's other people who are nowhere close to what he does. Yeah. Right. The interesting part to me is it Long War II also fixes I don't want to say it's a problem because I love XCOM 2, but one of the less good things about the game, which is every mission is vital. Like if you don't go on a mission in XCOM 2, you something bad happens. Yeah, it was it was those choices of do you put yourself down or do you let somebody go or do you let your guys die? That was something you created because of your own. You happen to name your guy that way. And yes, the troops are who they were. But in the game itself, they took that is almost like a core philosophy of the original XCOM and XCOM 2 where you had to they would give you multiple missions and you had to take one. And even when you took the one, the other two then automatically added to the badness, the overall badness that was going on. So you always had to go on missions. You always had to succeed because if you lost, that's three different things that went wrong then. Right. And so what Long War II does is it's throwing missions at you left and right. Mm-hmm. Like not and you actually have to pick and choose what you go on you don't just be like all right this mission is important Mm -hmm. because it's a mission it's do i actually want to send my troops out for this reward or can i take the hit because what i discovered because i went in blind like Uh like you did and i did not have enough troops like i had sent out all my troops i had one person left and i was like but this mission, it's a mission. It's an XCOM mission. I need to go on it. Otherwise, something bad's going to happen. Something bad did happen. That character got captured. Um, <laughs> it makes you go, okay, I have to set back. I only have a limited number of troops. Mm-hmm. And if they get wounded, they're out for much longer. That's a game where, again, like 
from my days from playing the regular XCOM, original XCOM, you could send out from the get-go like eight to ten guys to every mission. And that was partly how you countered all of the the technology was sheer numbers. Your your guy would find an alien, he's dead. One-on-one, -on -one, you're dead. Three of your guys with their guns might be able to, if they're lucky, take down a basic gray alien. However, as you got better, then it got easier. But you could improve your ships to where you could take up to 20 guys on a mission. And as I said, I had an elite team, five to 10 guys. They've been through everything, but there was always, even in that final mission, five to 10 other dudes on that thing. Expendable. Expendables. One guy I always had, his job was simply to carry rockets because it was too heavy for the rocketeer. He, did, he had no weapons. He would inevitably just give the rockets to the Rocketeer. That's all he did. However, I also had him because once he ran out of rockets, he had to go to a comrade who was dead because there's always a dead guy, take his weapons and carry the fight on. And he might have a chance at glory. But first he had to serve his duty in the back. That's what I learned from the original game. The new game, I keep rosters. Full rosters because of that. One of the things that the original XCOM did as well, spoilers, when you played that game, there would be missions where you would send out your troops and sometimes if the aliens got pissed, they would attack your base. Base attack missions were all or none. If you lost, you just lost the game. The nice thing, there was no troop limit. Whatever troops you had at the base that you had built, so even the base design and level was something that you had done yourself. So when you design your base, you make choke points. If you didn't make the choke points, aliens came from everywhere and it would be like 30 guys versus like 20 to 30 aliens coming in. Your equipment was whatever you had numbered. So if you happen to not sell off your excess equipment and you just happen to have like 40 guns and no ammo, your guys would all have 40 guns without ammo. You had to sell off the extra guns to make sure you always had in the spares 20 guns, 20 ammo. You don't want to max out what your guys will start out with because they'll get like the first 80 things. So you, it was so brilliant of how much that game made me into, that was my best of being a gamer. So this, yeah, no, you don't just send out your best guys. Even on missions where, okay, we need to go, only in the final ones would I send my full team out. You don't send out a full squad of elite hitmen. No, you send out a couple at a time. People will die. People do die. Yes. Yeah. I, I've already lost people in Long War, and it's... Are you it's, playing Iron Man, like, or did you no, save? No, no. In the XCOM games, they have this uh, setting you can choose, which is Iron Man mode. Mm -hmm. And it kind of harkens back to the old game, where... No saves. Yeah, you, you don't get to manually save it. If you, you either exit the game and it saves where your last turn was, or you keep playing but you don't get to be like oh that guy died i'm gonna reload and make a better decision and so i found that out simply by i reloaded to the same spot yep yeah yep and so hardcore XCOM people play on iron man i actually did my war of the chosen run on iron man yep um humble to the point I, I actually well partly humble brag yes i did it on classic iron man so i did a mm -hmm. decent uh challenge but I was also fighting the PS4 because my game would crash and delete my save. Oh. So I had to go to the cloud to okay to re to re-download my save. Like that was how hardcore this game was for, for me. For the love of the game, you yeah. I, so 
according to everyone on the internet, if you're playing with mods, it's better to not do Iron Man because there's a good chance you'll get a crash and kind and of a corrupted can, okay. save. And you want to be able... If you're... Yeah. A long war... It, the According to estimates, a long war campaign can take around 100 hours of gameplay. So if you're putting that much time into it, you don't want the game to just corrupt and like crash that on that final you. battle, like six hours into it. Like, I felt like I achieved something winning that first game. Yeah, I would not want it to crash. That that could be just a demoralizing, like, walk away from the game for a couple of years kind of thing. Yeah. So that's... I've been playing that, and that's been really fun. I've also been playing uh, an XCOM-like called Hard West. Oh, uh it's interesting and i like it but i also don't like it Mm -hmm. it's essentially modeled in the same way that their XCOM reboots are Mm -hmm. uh where you have like a top down yeah top down but it takes place in the wild west sounds fun yeah so they do some interesting stuff you can like get a ricochet ability where you can shoot a target and have it bounce and hit a guy behind cover mm-hmm. you get are there different classes of types of guys you but see that that's the thing is the ability the abilities are based on cards which is an interesting aspect like you through battles you gain like a jack of spades and that jack of spades gives an ability so you can mix and match the cards on your people uh-huh. and if you get a hand you get an extra bonus. So if you put two jacks you in on a, a single person, you get a pair, and uh-huh. they get plus four to their movement. This sounds really kind of cool, actually. I like it. It sounds really cool, and I, I do like it, except for the fact that it the way the game is designed, it plays out in scenario. So I had my guy. I had upgraded them. I bought guns and stuff, and then I beat the scenario, and then I went to the next scenario. It's the and same you- guy... But it starts over from scratch. So you lose your all... Your hand and stuff like that. You lose your hand. You lose all the guns you've had and stuff. It like takes place a couple years is later. Is the scenario like a single mission? Or is it like three it's, it's or four a, missions in a plot? It, it's a it's a plot like type a chapter. mission chapter sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's like an overworld just like XCOM where you have to make decisions and it mm-hmm. affects... My, my guy in my initial mission lost his eye. And for a while <laughs> that hurt his aim but then he recovered and got because he, he got back. no he didn't grow it back but he got used to it and suddenly he was better ah, okay. you know so it was kind of a it was a detriment for a while mm-hmm. but then he uh became a bonus and that kind of stuff is all interesting it was just it killed my my i have the this starting th- over part is th- tough. that yeah that need of the story through line it has the game has its own story it wants to tell unfortunately mm-hmm. and f- for me part of the fun of XCOM is the people with their own stories your guys your troops you get attached to them so you you create a personalized game and then it just goes away and starts over from scratch like my guy grew his eye back for goodness <laughs> sake hey, that's what know. I was- I was wondering, like, in the next chapter, does he, he still... See, he had his eye again. That's just dumb. The mechanics of it are fun. I like the design of it. Mm-hmm. I would kind of recommend it. Okay. Because So I had this phase with the original XCOM. That is probably one of the... If you're going to pitch a game to Harvey Z, that's the game to kind of pitch. It's XCOM and Terrors from the Deep, XCOM 2... I got into a phase where that's all I kind of really play is tactical games then of like the top down, the grid, and you move around on a fixed map 
and your characters level up over time. Like Final Fantasy Tactics is unrelated to it, but felt close enough of where that's what I was always chasing. And I've played a ton of other games that do this. Like there's lots of top-down grid games like Fallout had one, Fallout Tactics, but they're never always the same. And it never gave me quite the same hit that XCOM 1 and Terrors from the Deep did back with like my troops and all of it was ever that was actually probably my ideal game like mm-hmm. overall all the games i'd played if i had to go back there's two games in my mind that i would always want to play xcom is one that i would play single player the two-player version my favorite other game multiplayer toe jam and earl those are the harvey z games and if those of you who are interested, we have a full playthrough of Toe Jam and Earl on my YouTube channel. And if you like this podcast, it kind of feels like that, where we Toe Jam and Earl is a great game. It's a casual game. Anybody can get into it. The music, the, everything about it is great. And it gives you a chance to just listen and hang out with your friends. Yeah, it, it was it's definitely fun. worth checking out. Oh. Yeah, if you want to check it out, it's on my YouTube channel. You can find the link at my blog. Uh, I don't have any enough followers to have a specialized link on it yet. That's how maybe bottom... when this episode comes out or something, we can put it in the comment section, yeah, like maybe. a link to it. They're, they're thinking about technical stuff. What, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but yeah, the the full playthrough is on there on the blog or on the YouTube channel, and just ignore my poor video editing skills. I'm still <laughs> still learning. The early days, yeah. underground back. It's like the game facts of T Man. The Game Facts of T-Man. Yeah. I think we have our episode title. Game Facts. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was going to go with Lady Bros, but I'm not sure if that would be a, a proper... Lady Bros. Lady Bros. <laughs> bras, bros and Bras. Bros and Bras? I did say Bra at some point. Although I didn't really... I don't view it as a... We're getting off topic, but Bra <laughs> is gender neutral to me. But anyway. Okay. Back to XCOM 2. Great game. Worth checking out the whole series. If you want to get inside the mind of Harvey Z, definitely a good place to start. You really should play War of the Chosen, by the way. I, I pl- So that's actually one of the games I really want to play. I just have to find time. Like XCOM as well. As you said, hours and hours of content. So it's perfect on that. It's not a multiplayer. I don't need to pay other people for it. It is the game I should play. The problem is I just need to find time. But that is on my list of... The problem is all these other new games have come out as well. And I'm like, oh, do I want to... War of the Chosen is worth it. Don't um, sit back on it. Don't be like, I need to play something new. At some point I will. Like Darkest Dungeon, all this other stuff. Civilization War of the Chosen is better. War of the Chosen is great. Yeah. It's... And I have beaten the new... uh, Or XCOM... I guess it's 1, 2.0 and XCOM 2. I have beaten those and I love those games. But yeah. I... I don't want to spoil a thing for you. No, I, I can't say it. I just, just have nope, to play. I, I want no spoilers. So don't even don't even come at me, bro, for that one, actually. I know we probably said come at us, bro, at some point. Don't. Leave me alone. Bros. Lady bros. Tiny bros. Big bros. Old bros. Stop saying bro, please. All right. So that's going to be it for us today. Uh, I'm going to cut uh, Harvey off at the bro. Where can they find you on on the internets? Uh, I'll be available on the Twitters at the Z is silent, T H A Z is silent. And you can find me on Twitter at T Man Plays Games and at my aforementioned blog at T Man Writes.com. 
And I have a YouTube channel out there if you want to like and subscribe to that as well. I haven't updated it in a while, but I've got some videos in the archive I might eventually put up on there. So uh, thanks for listening. We still don't have a sign-off unless you want to count Come At Me Bro as a sign-off. That's a weirdly aggressive everybody. <laughs> come at us, bros. No, no. Don't come at us, though. No, maybe we should. We're still workshopping. We're, we're workshopping. still workshopping. All right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later.